And then we're back with another episode of Food in the Hood. Yeah, and today we're talking about a topic that I think a lot of us are interested in, which is alternative proteins. Yes. So we spend、um, two episodes on、uh, plant-based proteins and plant-based meat, particularly.、Mm-hmm. But、um, we haven't really touched on the sort of the ingredient innovation side. Yep. Right, That's right. Because、uh, Beyond Meat or Impossible Foods are innovating at the product level to make、um, new food products from plant-based proteins.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also we also want to kind of go beyond the traditional plant-based proteins when we talk about alternative proteins. Right, a lot of times people talk about legumes, soy, pea protein, etc., and that's all you know. We're we are really moving it, forward in that area. Out, you know. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's all figured out. I think there's a lot more to be done. But I think that、yeah. a lot of those、uh, areas are very. There's a lot of research on it right now, and it's at a phase where you know commercialization is happening. So, which is great.、Um, but we also、mm-hmm. kind of want to talk about other alternative proteins. That we find interesting, that could have potential,、um, as well as. What it means for the environment, as well as hurdles for their implementation, etc. Yep. So, one of the、uh, main goals of having, you know, alternative proteins. Well, let's just name some of them. Right. Right. So, when we say alternative, we really mean that thing that different sources. For example, from insects, from、mm-hmm. algaes, or from air, even. Right. So. Um, we're going to touch on some interesting points on、yeah. how to how, how to use air to make protein. Definitely. Uh huh. Do you think maybe we should talk about the insect, algae, and air first, and then move into environmental sustainability and then the, the hurdles? I think it makes more logical sense. Yeah, sure. I I mean we can talk about why, like in general, why do we even need those sources? Right. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. No, that's a good point. <laughs> Um, so well, I think for a lot of people, when we consume consume proteins in our lives,、uh, at least on in a lot of more developed countries, that comes in the form of meat, right?、Mm-hmm. Meat and, or actually plants, right? Meat or plants,、um, and I think the issue with You know these sort of traditional sources of protein is as our world is developing rapidly and as population grows,、um, we wonder if it's a lot of people are wondering if it's sustainable to continue feeding ourselves and nourishing ourselves protein-wise with these sort of you know meat, red meat, beef, pork, etc.,、um, and if there are alternatives、mm-hmm. that we can move towards. Yeah, so that's like the first wave, right? So moving away from animal-based proteins.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then people started, you know, spill on the plant-based protein even because that takes a lot of land、mm-hmm. to grow.、Mm-hmm. Right. So even if and and also there are, I think, from a nutritional standpoint, a pure plant-based diet would not well provide all the Essential amino acids. Right. Right. Yeah.、Uh-huh. So I think that then, lo- yeah, yeah that we have to look into other sources that are complete proteins, or even other sources which we can blend with plant、mm-hmm. proteins to co-、uh, to make a more complete protein. And I think right, one. So, no, go ahead. 
Yeah, so that's just basically our our um or or some people's proposed journey to move uh, away from an animal based diet. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think one protein that has been gaining quite a lot of attention recently uh, are insect proteins. So yes, technically it's still you know animal protein, um, but I think with insects, the difference is that insects are actually a lot easier to grow, right? Than yeah, growing, faster. Right. Than growing a cow. I'm not sure if growing a cow mm-hmm. is the right word, but you know. Yeah, growing a cow exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so with insect protein, we're gonna touch on a lot of ethical <laughs> issue later. Growing a cow. Um, anyway, <laughs> so the thing with insect proteins is they typically there's high feed conversion efficiency. So if you think about a cow, right, just to raise a cow, mm-hmm. cows graze on grass or maybe grains if you feed them yep. in a feedlot and everything. So. To produce those, uh, the food source for cows takes also a lot of energy because you have to grow a lot of crops for that. So if you take it yep. to the whole energy chain, you're putting in a lot of energy just to get one pound of beef. By comparison, crickets are a lot easier to grow. Um, yeah. So when we're talking about insects, it's like crickets. Um, yeah. And also worms. Worms, beetles, caterpillars. I mean, people eat. A Grasshoppers. lot of things. Grasshoppers, cicadas, yeah. dragonflies. So, oh, geez, really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's see, that's 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 the thing. Like, <laughs> a lot of the world actually already eat bugs. You know, Southeast Asia, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of uh-huh. bug dishes, etc. In Mexico, there's gra- grasshoppers. Right, yeah. So uh-huh. I think it's really in the Western world where people are not familiar with insects and insect protein. But... Most of the world, eighty percent of the world, already consumes some form form of bugs. So. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I guess when we talk about like eating insects, it's not just like let's st- let's stir fry a bunch of mealworms and just like yeah put some car- put some carrots and you know. <laughs> is that what you eat? <laughs> no, no, no. Is like, that your preferred like way of eating be, mealworms? That could be one way of eating it. Right, right. But what we're talking about, it's more of a ingredient, like like a like a industrial ingredient, as opposed to like a recipe ingredient. Right. So it's sort of like whey protein powder. Can you have cricket protein powder? Yes, exactly. Or, I mean, you can do different things with um, protein powders, essentially. Right. right. Like a cricket protein um, bar, cricket and. Cicada protein bar with I don't know lemongrass infusion, whatever mm-hmm. people like. Yeah, or or some type of um, snack food, salty snacks right. that were. I mean that um, you bring up a good point because if people who are unfamiliar with the whole practice of eating insects, if they were to eat it like you said as an ingredient in some other food forms, will that increase their acceptability so technically you know when you bite into that protein bar you can't see the cricket you can't see the organs you can't see the legs but you know it's cricket you know are people more willing yeah, to accept true. that i don't know there are some research i read about them last year was that you know if you do a sensory test people were i think they were baking bread with cricket flour blended in mm-hmm. so it's like a protein booster right All right so like below a certain threshold, I, I forget, like some type of percentage by weight, mm-hmm. um, 
it was fine. Like people can't tell the differences, and yeah. actually the additional protein gives a more nutty and um, you know roasted profile right, right. of the bread that was actually more preferred. Ah, interesting. Uh, but that was, but that was, of course, like a bland panel, right? They didn't know what they were eating. Yeah. Well,、uh-huh. I think that's the thing too. Are we trying to take alternative sources of protein to mimic something we already love? Okay, sorry to go、yeah. back to the Beyond Meat example again.、Uh-huh. <laughs> They should just hire me at this point. JK, please cut <laughs> cut that part out. I have a job that I like very much. <laughs> Don't let my employer hear this.、Um, jokes aside, I mean, I think of it as being two different ways. You can use alternative proteins and newer forms of proteins people are unfamiliar with to try to mimic something consumers are already familiar with, right? With Beyond、mm-hmm. Meat patties, or like you said.、Um, Creating a blend where you try not to find、uh, and comparing it to see the degree of difference from the original powder, but like you said, people actually enjoy the nuttier flavor. So, is there a way we can actually elevate alternative proteins like insect protein so that people enjoy it in that form instead of having it mimic something we already know and love? Yeah. So this is essentially an evolution, right?、Um, In our notes, you had the example of lobster.、Mm-hmm. It used to be just the, the the cockroach of the sea, right? And we're only eaten by the poor. But now、right. it's a it's a delicacy and very expensive, way more expensive、yeah. than it should be. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, some of them for sure. Right. So like,、yeah. so like we basically integrated lobsters into our diet. Yeah. Culturally speaking. So that also makes me wonder when we talk about getting people to eat more sustainably, is it creating yeah, products yeah. that people like, or is there some, is there also a part we can play in educating consumers or helping shift cultural trends? You know, like with the but, lobster, but the thing, et cetera. Right. I feel like I feel like we can't just think about them as、uh, a substitution. Because, like, when lo- taking this lobster example, because when we put lobsters in our diet, we didn't take out anything.、Right. It's not essentially a substitution; it's just addition. Like now, people are still eating. Like, there, there's rarely an example that you can give when we just like gave up one type of food. Right, right, right. It's often an addition rather than a substitution. Right, because、And、people the evolution have things they enjoy.、Cooking. Yeah, yeah, and you know the whole thing about sushi becoming popular in North America—that's that's the thing too. You know, like fifty years, a hundred years back, if you tell people, "Hey, eat this piece of raw fish," I think people are going to look、mm-hmm. at you a little bit weird, right? But I think a lot、Definitely. of people I know around me—they don't even have to be Asian or Japanese. Everyone has have had sushi. Sorry, that was a weird grammar flick, but. Everyone I know in my circle of friends have probably had sushi at one point in their life, and a lot of people like it, even if they didn't grow up with it. So I wonder if that sort of representation in popular media over time of pe- people eating sushi, as well as the prevalence of sushi places, has helped right, it become popular. Right, but the problem、popular. is that. But my my point is that we're not like by eating sushi, eating raw fish, it didn't reduce any. Other consumptions, for example, beef or chicken,、uh, right? People are just ha- essentially having more choices, and they're、right. eating different things. Right. 
And the problem about like just integrating a new thing into people's diet could be cool. Like it could be a way to expanding uses of a different type of protein or different type of food source. But in general, in terms of like caloric intake, people are still going to eat a lot of like original food. Right. So you're thinking that people are basically going to continue their dietary patterns of eating, you know, beef and other things not great for the earth, but also eat, I don't know, algae proteins on the side as well. If it's a newly introduced, unique type of dish. Right. Well, I th- that would just be like, I'm just going to go to eat protein, uh, like algae protein bowl. Right. Which is just like a novel restaurant down the street. I can see what you mean. But then at the same time, a person only can eat so much in a day, right? And I think I, I do agree with the point of whenever you introduce something, it's not going to be people love it and they're like, oh, I'll give up my old love and, you know, just eat algae, etc. But I think if I mean, this is something that would take time too, right? Yeah, but that evolution rate is a lot of slower than like the damaging that we're doing to the earth. It is. And it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because because that's that's essentially I, I feel like this is the point where I feel we just need to put it as an ingredient and use it to substitute something else. Right, right. Because so even that, if it's like a, it, it can't be just like an additional thing. Right. It just needs to be a substitution. Why not both? It could be, it could be a star by itself. Okay, algae bowl. <laughs> kind of like a chipotle where you pick like, yeah, okay, that, that, that I want this work, raw you know? fish with like all these algae. Um, I'll take less raw fish because I want to try this cool algae. But then the people also use it in different ingredient formulations, right? I think like that, that's a great yeah. point, substitution versus addition. And I think if mm-hmm. we want to think about it from a point of addition to people's diet, instead of, oh, sorry, a substitution in people's diet, I think a lot of it has to start young. So even, mm-hmm. you know, in school cafeterias. And this is, this is, this is very ambitious, okay? Because I know that, <laughs> I don't know about other countries, but from what I've heard from my American friends, it seems like cafeteria food is pretty subpar for the most part. Um, yeah, you know, they're like chicken nuggets. Yeah, mystery, meatloaf. All these type of things. So to get school districts to adopt oh, algae, algae cooked in this soy sauce, wasabi, whatever, um, that might be a very tall order. But I think that there's definitely opportunities for that sort of partnership with um, these sort of educational institutions as well as people who make these ingredients. Yes, I think so. And I feel like, like I agree with you, we should do both. Right to introduce that as its standalone dish, like algae as a as a kitchen recipe ingredient, mm-hmm. and we should also do it for um, ingredient development for snacks and sort of the um, ready to eat type of food. Right. Like think about it's just not very difficult to put, for example, like luncheon meat. Right. What about like a lunch algae based. Uh, luncheon meat or plant protein uh, sorry uh, insect protein based luncheon meat like a ham or some type of um you know mimic roast beef mm-hmm. slice yeah 
No, I think that's good. And I I remember you said you read an article about the implementation of insect protein in flour, right? Yes, yes, know, that um, presentation. Is it more uh-huh. expensive or less expensive for to 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 do that substitution from a cost? Well, in terms point of view. in terms of um, flour, is definitely more expensive. Right. Right, because flour is pretty cheap to produce. Right. But um, the point is that it's it, it it. I think the study was more towards the um, uh, acceptability. Right, right. The issue isn't about um, that. Well, the objective of that study wasn't to find the novel use of yeah. insect protein, but more to examine people's acceptance overall. Right, and the reason I ask is simply because I think for most companies that produce consumer packaged goods, ultimately it comes down to cost management, right? If if mm-hmm. I want to put insect protein in my product, and the supply chain situation right now is such that it would cost me double the price versus uh, double the cost versus just using plain wheat flour, what is my incentive for doing that? Do I get i don't know subsidies from the government or tax breaks if i use these sort of healthier for the environment ingredients in my products um do my consumers is there enough pool from the market where it justifies me using a more expensive ingredient in my product and i think that's really one of the yeah. biggest hurdles and also about you know functionalities and flavor of this protein yeah right what if it tastes bad or it doesn't emulsify as much as other protein sources. Exactly. I mean, that's what the clean uh-huh. label industry has been facing, even though everyone wants to go clean label, right? It's too expensive. We sure. can't mimic natural preservatives in terms of its stability. The functionality is not as great. It doesn't emulsify for as long. Um, so I think there's probably still a lot of research that needs to be done on that part. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, I feel like the recent trend of different um, alternative protein companies, right? So insect protein companies, it's more towards to using insects as a um, protein powder or type of ingredient. They're finding different ways of applying this ingredient mm-hmm. to make the best use of it. Right, and also right. from the processing standpoint, you need to use enough of uh, extraction technique or um, you know drying techniques to get it pure purified because mm-hmm. not all insects are 100 percent protein right that's you're right. still growing other things yeah yeah and mm-hmm. i think that's interesting you mentioned that that the i don't i, w- I wouldn't want to say responsibility but maybe the proactiveness of experimenting uh with these ingredients in different food matrices kind of falls on um, the ingredient companies themselves because it's going to be a hard sell to sell it to you know existing cpg companies they're making you know products that people already love right yeah like it's really gonna be a systematic change something more like the beyond model mm-hmm. right yeah. it's just gonna be its own line and then you know it, again it becomes the, the debate of addition versus substitution right all right because ultimately the goal isn't towards um like it's the health of the environment Mm -hmm. as opposed to individual health 
right. that matters more with these type of alternative protein or even plant-based protein. Right, plant-based protein could be good for you, but ultimately it's better for the environment. Mm-hmm. Wait, say that again. I didn't hear that part. You said that alternative proteins, like insect proteins, are good for both your health and environment. Is that what you said? Better for the environment than to individuals' health. Ah. Uh... Well, some could argue that people eat way too much red meat in industrialized countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not opposing that, that. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think that ultimately, I think the push for all of these mainly comes from a, an, an environmental standpoint rather from a health standpoint. Yes, definitely. So that that so, that was really, if we were thinking about taking care of the environment long term, it just needs to be more of a substitution. In order for it to make yeah. a real impact, uh huh. Right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just reading about how sushi came to America. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually it came to the U.S. in the late 1960s yeah. in L.A. So I'm just curious how it gained traction. I mean, I wonder if one day. I don't know why we keep saying cricket when there's so many other insects that we're discriminating against. <laughs>、um, <laughs> but maybe one day, like I don't know. I think it would be really cool if you go to Seven Eleven, right, and you're hungry, and then you can buy like a little packet of I don't know, BBQ flavored grasshoppers、yeah. or something and just munch on it. Like I personally really enjoy the idea. I wonder what it would take for people who are not used to the idea to adopt. That sort of mindset. Man, that's pretty cool.、Um, yeah. Maybe people should look into sushi and how also lobster became such an iconic dish, and then apply that to whatever alternative protein they're trying to promote.、Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. And and at the same time, you know, there are like algae is just another type of like overall a different category because、yeah. it's like.、Mm-hmm. People are not really familiar with what algae are. Right, we think it's just something that grow on lakes,、mm-hmm. and that it's bad. Yeah, it's normally <laughs> bad if if it makes to the news.、Um, yeah. But the problem is like that algae overgrow. Yeah, the agricultural runoffs and my, the algae neurotoxin, yeah, microcystins,、mm-hmm. etc. So I feel like algae itself, the biggest challenge is. Is more on the flavor side, right? Because it it has that flavor fishy type of、uh, grass notes that are just very. Does sea is seaweed included in the algae territory? I think so. Like it's it's the most, um, most accepted type of algae as food. Right. But it could also be those、yeah. those you know different like microalgaes.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that flavor is something that will take a while for people to get used to if they're not used to it. But also, the the really big thing that prevents it from being commercialized on a big scale is there's also they produce toxins.、Mm-hmm. So making sure that it's actually food safe is a pretty difficult task as well. Yeah, it's it just needs to be from the very beginning of the cultivation process. To select the ones that right, right. don't have、really、toxin-producing abilities, and I mean it's really cool. Like to think about it, that you can just like like the ultimate type of、um, situation that I'm just kind of envisioning would be that、mm-hmm. 
you know, bioreactors would just be your kitchen appliance in the future. Right. You're just like growing your own algae, growing your own whatever microbe. Like so, that has like a tank, right, to grow it,、mm-hmm. and then it just has like a very compact processing unit that can process、mm-hmm. it to say a plant-based,、um, sorry, not plant-based, but like a powder type of ingredient. So you can put it in your、mm-hmm. cooking. It can come out as like、right. some type of like analog meat. So you can just like put in your、mm-hmm. sandwich, or it could be like right, a right. patty. Or something. It it has like a few of the. It's like a microwave, right? You have you have like a a few preset type of food that you can produce or you can cook in the case of microwave,、mm-hmm. and then it just、yeah. it just like become an ingredient, and you can just like chop it up and put it into different. Basically,、things. you're just fermenting this culture that produces like amino acids, which can be made into whatever form you desire. Yes, kind of like a three D printer esque sort of. Yeah, like we never really thought about, you know, this. This is what I think the future would be like. Like, just to, you know, how like people talk about microtransactions in like games、mm-hmm. and apps. Bitcoin. Yeah, like、okay. apps now. Like you can, essentially, if you buy like an app, it could be like a free version, or you can like. Pay monthly to have a. Oh, okay. So,、uh, like, when you download this game and you play it, and they're like, "Oh, you can get this better weapon." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, in that case, it's all microtransaction. It's not like people paying you a million dollars at once. A single right, person paying、right. you a million. It's like a million person, a million people paying you. Do you think people、dollar. can choose what sort of culture they ferment, and then if they have, you know, soy allergies, yeah, 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 they yeah. take that into account. Right, right, right. And then if they're like, oh, you know what? This week I'm really feeling like I don't know. I want some orange blossom flavor and a lot of black pepper in my、mm-hmm. meat. My fake. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just do that. <laughs> and then, like, you would get a flavor sachet,、mm-hmm. kind of like a soda stream or something. Right. So imagine. Well, I think that idea is very interesting from no, a food and, scientist and point of view. About, but like, I think some people、based. are like, why? Right. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be like a, like a living organism. It could just be some like, it, you, you, you know, like a stem cell. Like if you just. Amazon just ship you stem cell. Stem cell, a stem cell is a living organism, isn't it? A cell is an organism. Yeah, that's true. Like, like I'm talking about, like not from like an external organism, from like, say,、uh, like、okay. algae or insects. You can just do these、yeah. things, and and like you just have like a little unit on your kitchen counter that produces all these type of food. Right. Well, okay. Look, Ben. We think it's really cool, but for the average consumer, yeah, people are probably freaking out、know. right now. Like these two people, <laughs> people are, are probably freaking out right now. What they even think about? And people are probably thinking, like, dude, I could just like, I could just buy a slab of meat from yeah, Costco and throw just, it like, on my grill pan. Why would I do what you guys just described? <laughs> it's a hard sell right now. Yeah, it is. Personally, I mean, if you could take things that contain nitrogen. So like a protein source or carbon, and feed it into that machine. Yeah, essentially that's what it is, and you combine that. That could be your bioreactor, right? Like you said, there's and we we can we can have that processing unit, and probably the most important part of this processing unit would be like a three D printer、mm-hmm. to print food. Let's let's just talk about like you know since we're on this topic of future kitchen appliances, right? Cause, cause I mean, right now the kitchen appliances are like a fridge, 
a, a microwave and a, a stove and an oven. It's like everything that you need essentially for a kitchen to start with. Right,、mm-hmm. the sort of the big installations will be these, and in、yeah. the future, probably like an、yeah. incubator for leafy greens. Right, so like,、mm. like your little own greenhouse on your kitchen yeah, countertop. Yeah, or you know, maybe like a cabin space that are hooked up to fluorescent light. You have a humidity controller,、um, so you can grow different type of vegetables. Right. I mean, it's great for hobbyist gardeners. Or, or, I mean, if it's efficient enough, it can support a family without any issue, right? So, right. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think people are doing things sort of related to that right now. Be it growing their own food in their backyard or having like a little hydroponic setup.、Mm-hmm. Um, but for the mainstream consumer, I think they want speed and convenience. So how do you convince someone to? Well, well it know, just like, needs to be fast enough. Have that. It needs to be fast enough, and and it needs to be something where they don't have to pay attention to it. They don't have to like, you know, remember to water it. The complexity can't go beyond, like making a cup of coffee. Essentially, right. The system can be complex, but the amount of Input from the user has to be minimal. <laughs> We're so lazy. No, no, yeah, but like, but <laughs> modern like, I feel world. Like this is where、oh, alternative、Lord. proteins will go to, right? You don't want to just produce it. Yeah, like yeah. essentially, you want to turn this into a subscription service. Just to think about it,、mm. it, it will be like selling meat patties, like a for example, like algae farm, selling turn it into yeah like patties and sell it on a grocery store isn't the best business. The business would just be like sell your hardware and turn your hardware as a service by selling more algae,、mm, like starters. Right, because you can have micro transactions. It's exactly, like a continual.、Yeah. You're really putting on your startup hat right now. I can see it. <laughs> hey, but this is technically <laughs> one of the ways、Perfect. to do it, right? If you,、uh, I mean, it is. I,、uh, I like I, the idea. I mean, like the whole kitchen countertop, throw in stuff, good stuff comes out. I can customize. Flavors and whatnot. I,、mm. I personally and you can still cook、it. your own food. You just never have to go grocery shopping, right? <laughs> For like produce per se. Yeah, you know how Soylent was sort of like a big thing a few years back when it、mm-hmm. first came out. Do you know yeah, what that Soylent is? Yeah, Soylent for meal replacement. Yeah. So for people who haven't heard about it, it's a meal replacement drinks.、Um, basically. You know, if you're too busy to eat lunch, you could just drink this instead. That's what their whole marketing is about because it contains all the necessary kind of nutrients, macro and micronutrients for you to function. Well, it's probably not recommended that you drink it every day and have it as your only、uh-huh. source of nutrition. But the idea is you could skip a meal. And yeah, right, this, right, right, right. And、um... wait, what was my point? Oh, yeah, I remember what my point was. Um, so I think there were just people philosophizing on this idea and this concept. Are we turning food into something that is very industrialized and streamlined, where it's just about convenience and just about getting it done quickly and conveniently, and less about the culture and traditions of food that people associate with, you know,、mm-hmm. food, right? For instance, if Johnny.、Um, If Johnny decides, okay, 
I'm not going to eat lunch with my coworkers because <laughs> I'm busy. I'm, I'm just going to drink this shake instead. <laughs> or, you know, and I think a lot of times we think of these things as either or, but it could, it doesn't have to be like all or nothing. It could also just be um, like yeah, an addition, like addition. Or a different way of doing <laughs> Doesn't right. have to be a substitution. <laughs> Doesn't have to be a substitution. It's just a different way for that for that one night where you're really too busy and you just yeah, want just like, want to get over. I don't know. It. Yeah, you just want an algae patty that tastes like salmon <laughs> or something. Yeah, that'd be pretty um, nice, actually. Right, and then just to summarize, we we talked a lot about you know going through the route of adding it to our diet versus substituting in our diet and sort of what that looks like. In various formats, and then you know, big hurdles for implementation includes flavor, functionality, supply chain, and also also um, the sort of cultural yeah, consumer context. acceptability. Uh huh. Yeah. So I think that was a pretty comprehensive episode that we just went through. But um, do you want to do the thing where we talk about food products we've tried recently? Yeah. Yes. It? Yes. Let's start that. Sure. What did you try you this week? First. I'm thinking. Well, I ate dim sum today, but that's not really <laughs> <laughs> that's not really a consumer packaged good. Um, oh, oh, okay. So I feel like I might have mentioned this, but probably not. Have you ever had the Korean drink Milkis or the Japanese oh, drink Kalpis? Yeah, Milkis I've had. Right, right. So for people who don't know, it's sort of this carbonated fizzy drink that it can be strawberry flavored, banana flavored, etc. But it has a very interesting ingredient, which is skim milk powder. And I just noticed while drinking it and talking to my coworkers about it that the addition of skim milk powder in carbonated beverages is really common across Asia. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen it in the U.S. Yeah, a little bit, I feel. Really? Well, in what product? Um. Hmm. Because I feel like it's a very the yeah, taste is something that I'm very familiar with when I'm in Asia, but I've never found anything made here that's like that. Yeah, you might be right because the examples that I can think of are just basically protein shakes and those type right. of ingredients. Yeah, but like a carbonated soda beverage. Oh, huh. I don't yeah, like know. a like a social drink instead of like a protein drink. Like having skim milk powder for the flavor and not for like nutrition or protein claims. I think that's yeah, really that's true. That's very interesting. Yeah, but anyway, I really like that drink. Mm-hmm. Go try it out if you live near Asian grocery store. Yeah, so it's called Milkis. Just Milkis. Yeah, M I L K I S. Yep. Cool. Um, so I just want to maybe touch on, I, I've had this for a long time, but it's the, uh, Vita lemon tea. Wait, Vita? Yeah. So Vita. Oh, yeah. Have I you know what you're talking like, you about. Know, I yellow, have. Yellow-ish. Yeah. Vita soy. Yeah. 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 Vita soy is the parent company. So, and yep. Vita lemon tea is like a. Uh, it's like a tetra pack, a little rectangular shape, um, little pouch. Yeah, it's yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a really, I'd say it's really artificial, <laughs> like the <laughs> like the lemon and everything. It's just like a like a very bright 
lemon peel taste with like a hint of a tea,、right. um, some type of black tea type of taste. Right, the tea taste is、mm-hmm. very very mild. It's basically lemon and sugar. Yeah, the citric sugary taste is far yeah. more strong. Yeah, like far, definitely, like a lot stronger. But it's really good. I、um, I enjoy it, and I think it has to do something with drinking it from a straw, as opposed <laughs>、oh, to like drinking、okay. as like a bottle.、Uh-huh. And it just it just really great. I, I I mean I like that, but it's like a calorie bomb、uh, at the same time. So I don't have it too right, often. Right. Yeah. No,、mm. that's interesting. I mean, there's probably a sensory study out there comparing drinking from a cup versus drinking from A carton with a straw. Yep. And how that impacts your perception of the the drink itself. Definitely.、Um, but good stuff. Try those out if you are near an Asian grocery store. Yep. And I think that's all we have for today. Yes. So、um, you can find us in various podcast platforms that you listen to, and、um, give us a five star if you enjoy the show. Thank you. Bye.